It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast presented by DraftKings. And I'm even giddier and happier than usual because... We can announce today the best ball drafts. They're back. We're doing them this year at DraftKings. All you have to do is go to the sponsors page at RossTucker.com. That's me, by the way, at RossTuckerNFL on social. And take advantage of any of the sponsors or rate and review the show. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And you can go against Joe and I in the July best ball draft. I cannot wait. It is the Fantasy Feast Podcast. You can always check it out at Ross Tucker Pod. We got the YouTube page now, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So fired up for today's guests, the Majuke sisters, as I like to call them, one of the most legendary moments in podcast history. We will touch on that briefly in a little bit. They dominate for Ball Blast football. But of course, first I got to welcome in my co-host, the master of all he oversees at FantasyPoints.com, the great Joe Dolan. Hello, Joe. Hi, Ross. How are you doing today? It's uh, it's a lovely day in South Carolina. Actually, a very rare non-humid day in South Carolina. So, might go out and hit some golf balls later. But it's good to be with you. Yeah, Joe. I picture you sweating your since it's the Ball Blast Girls Day. I picture you sweating your balls off down there, bro. Uh, you picture correctly. <laughs> I am. Uh, uh, I uh, when I when uh, so let, let let me tell a story here, just really briefly. I know we want to <laughs> we want to get to the Majuks, but um, I uh, was down here. Like I moved last July, and I went to play golf with um, with a friend in August. And I said to him, I said, Cody, I, like we can we can get any tea time we want in the middle of the day this is amazing like and the, and the, and the course is going to be we're going to have the, the course to ourselves it took us about one shot to realize why all the tee times were open in the middle of the day because i'm pretty sure i lost about 30 pounds playing that round of golf it was miserable but uh but yeah that that that's uh that's why the early morning and the late afternoon tee times are always booked up in south carolina during the summer that I learned that the uh, the hard way, but uh, yeah, I I hate hot weather, but uh, I love air conditioning. Unfortunately, I have that here. Make sure you check him out on Twitter at fg underscore Dolan. He is the fantasy gangsta. And then when you go to fantasypoints.com for all their ridiculous, amazing content, use the code twenty one feast so they know I sent you, or at least they know that this show sent you. So. Without further ado, I've already referenced them. The lovely ladies at Ball Blast, um, Ball Blast, um, Ball Blast them. <laughs> and at FF Ball Blast, uh, Kate and Michelle Majuke, as I like to say, the Majuke sisters. Um, and you guys still, Kate and Michelle, do you guys still get references to that sometimes? 
Oh yeah, all the time. But there's also just a lot of people who think we're sisters still. And then they'll like randomly see a tweet like <laughs> acknowledging that we're wives, we're married. I know that confused you the last time. <laughs> the word wives that we're married. And people are like, oh shoot, we thought you were sisters. That yeah. was years ago, Michelle. Give me <laughs> credit now. That was years ago. Times have changed. I'm a little more get I just didn't know when you said wives. I never heard somebody say we're wives before. I love it though. I love it. Like, I had never heard her say that before either until I don't know. until it happened. But it <laughs> created a, a lasting, fantastic friendship, and it it created one of the best podcast moments of all time. So you cannot be mad about that. Wait a minute, Kate. You had never heard your wife call you guys wives before. We are. It's a weird way to say it. I, I get why you're confused because who says we're wives? Like, I, yeah, like you normally there are lots like, of married people, people say wives. we're husband and wife. So what am I supposed to say? We're wife and wife. Like that's a weird way to say it. I don't. It's just it's like a weird. <laughs> it's something that you don't say very often. So I it, never heard it. It caught I never me heard it. Too. Married, I would have gotten. We're married, I would have understood. <laughs> we're, we're wives. Oh, it's kind of like I'm, I'm happy. Identity. I'm happy the way I said it as I did because I your uh, your reaction was just the best. Well, so <laughs> listen, uh, these ladies are absolutely dominating the fantasy industry right now. Make sure you check out at Ball Blast FB so you get all their content. They got a website. I mean, honestly, it's ballblastfootball.com. They're from Pittsburgh. They drink beer. They're amazing. They're all over DFS, Redraft, Dynasty. How's it going, by the way, ladies? It's going great. And we're not going to be in Pittsburgh much longer. We're actually moving to Houston in August. So So we can also sweat our balls off. (laughs) (laughs) You can sweat your balls off like Joe. What are you guys doing down there, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, we're just moving near family. Oh, living living in a nicer area. We both work from home. So Pittsburgh has miserable weather. There's no reason to stay around here. Understood. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Pittsburgh because you guys have some strong opinions heading into the 2021 NFL and thus fantasy season. And I can't wait to hear you explain them. And then to get Joe's thoughts on it, I'm pretty sure... Joe will agree with the first one. I know Joe feels pretty good about this first one. So I don't know which one of you guys wants to take it, but you are ready to throw your hat in the rookie running back ring again, like a lot of people did with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. You believe Najee Harris will be a top eight fantasy running back. Why? I think we both agree with this take, but Kate, do you want to take this one? Oh yeah, I'm so I'm so passionate about Najee Harris. You look at what James Conner was even able to accomplish, despite the fact that he was a super disappointing fantasy asset, or at least it felt like that. In his 17 game or in his seven games with more than 15 touches, averaged 17 PPR points per game. I mean, that's that's literally the same amount as Nick Chubb per game. Uh, you look at the fact that the Steelers love to utilize that that workhorse running back. They like to have the same guy on the field all the time. And that was no different last season when James Conner was healthy. He was playing the majority of the snaps, saw the majority of the running back touches. They drafted Najee in the first round. They were not keeping good secrets about how much they loved this guy. Uh, (laughs) We've heard nothing but good things about his involvement all over the field so far. 
uh, OTAs, minicamp, we've heard just fantastic things. I, I'm very excited, but I do think that uh, I would I would be willing to stake a very large bet that there's no way that Najee Harris leaves the season without touching the ball 200 times. Oh, 300. Oh, 300. I was going to say. No, 300. 300. I was looking at the year 2020 in my notes, but, uh, you know, for sure, 300 touches. Uh, as long as he's on the field, he is going to touch the ball. And the running backs for the Steelers typically get a, a bunch of goal line work. And Najee Harris, we know, is just a bruiser down there, scoring 26 rushing touchdowns last year at Alabama. Like we know he's going to get into the end zone. The offense will score. I'm excited to see the new offensive coordinator. Last year, they ran the ball 85% of the time that they were under center. Like that. Do you think defense is new that they're going to run the ball? Like, obviously. So I'm excited just to see this whole new offense. Najee Harris through the moon. And also, you made the, the, comparison of you know our draft hype to Clyde Edwards Alaire I would say I mean pound for pound prospect for prospect I would take Najee Harris 10 times out of 10 over Clyde Edwards Alaire a capable receiver maybe not quite as involved but Najee Harris is a monster Joe I know we talked a couple weeks ago here on the Fantasy Feast podcast and Tom Brawley said that Najee was finally getting drafted where he should i know you're high on Najee fantasy prospects this year is he top eight though for you joe um he's he's in the top 10 for sure and like here's the thing about the edwards alaire comparison it's lazy um and, and i'm sure uh, <laughs> Thank uh, they, you, they agree i mean it's you know as somebody who loved edwards alaire last year and, and who is back in on edwards alaire as of i think he's going to be a decent value as like a second or third round pick this year that being said Najee harris has every advantage with the exception of a key one and it is key it's the offensive line but when we were drafting edwards alaire last year we were openly acknowledging that there were landmines to that. You know, at first it was Damian Williams before he opted out because of COVID. And then they signed Le'Veon Bell, which was after the draft season. But you knew Kansas City was a pass-heavy offense. Now the assumption was going to be that Edwards Alaire was going to contribute maybe a little bit more in the passing game than he did. But you knew Clyde Edwards-Alaire was never going to be a foundational player in the way that I think the Steelers almost certainly envisioned Najee Harris. The Steelers made the decision. We are drafting the running back and not the offensive lineman in the first round. We're gonna they're gonna build their run game around this guy. Mike Tomlin has consistently had Bell Cow running backs in his time. If James Conner was capable of handling that, he would have been the guy. Um there's just there's just no comparison between the two. I think Harris is a safer pick. Um, I think what he might lack in efficiency, he's going to make up for in volume. I think I think he's a slam dunk RB one, and I've loved drafting him in the second round. What about Austin Eckler? Now, I like Austin Eckler, but ladies, you think he's a top five fantasy running back? Who's taking that one? I am. I don't think it's that wild of a take either. I think like when I say this, people are like, oh my goodness, you're like spewing hot takes out here. But he was a top five running back in 2019 when he was healthy. And then last year, he was a top five running back in points per game. If you take out that one game, he played about two snaps before he got hurt. So he did it two years in a row. He gets all of the targets in the world. Like it's Keenan Allen and it's him. Like they are the Chargers offense. He's seen five plus targets in 17 of his 26 games played over the last two seasons. And that number didn't drop with Justin Herbert. He was still targeting him like crazy. 
And in those games with five plus targets, remember 17 games, he averages 22 fantasy points per game. Like he's just a beast. You don't have to rely on him getting those carries. Like he's not going to, he's not going to be a 200 carry guy. Uh, You don't even have to rely on touchdowns, which is crazy as well. Those are just the cherry on top when he does get it. They He did all of this last year with a terrible offensive line, uh, one of the worst ranked by PFF last year. And then they, but they added to that this offseason. You know, they brought in center um, Corey Lindsley from the Packers. He was the highest graded run blocker last year, according to PFF. They brought in Matt Feeler. They took him from the Steelers. Not the best tackle in the world, but still an upgrade. And then they drafted Rashawn Slater in the first round. Like, they made a lot of improvements to the offensive line. They didn't really bring in any other pass catchers besides the third rounder, Josh Palmer. They lost Hunter Henry. Like, there's going to be so much work for him this year, even on the ground. Like they don't really have a stacked backfield. So I'm in PPR leagues. I'm taking Austin Eckler all day. He's one of the few running backs that could easily see a hundred targets next season. It's interesting, Joe. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I've just haven't been paying attention enough. Austin Eckler, like do people talk about him and draft him in the top five. Uh, no, they don't. Um, this is, I mean, this is like, this is one of those things that sounds like a hot take, but it really isn't kind of a hot take. Now, most people in the fantasy industry are going to rank Austin Eckler inside their top 12 running backs, especially if you're using PPR. I mean, non-PPR, throw it out the window, but we're talking PPR here. Um, I have him at 12 at running back, and it's in a really delicate spot. I have him behind Najee Harris. I have him behind Cam Akers. I have him behind Aaron Jones right now, which, you know, I mean, that that's all personal preference right now. I think a lot of people are going to see Aaron Jones on the draft board vis-a-vis Austin Eckler and choose to take Eckler at this state at this stage, given the uncertainty with, with Aaron Rodgers. But as we know, Ross, I keep bringing this stat up. We've had Scott Barron on the podcast 2.7 times. That's what a target, not a reception. That's what a target is worth for a running back in PPR as opposed to a carry. 2.7 times more than a carry. You know that Austin Eckler is going to get those targets. Do I think he's going to carry the ball 200 times? I don't. I don't think he's built for that. I don't think the Chargers anticipate him doing that. I think the Chargers are going to try to get an early down compliment to him or at least a running down compliment to him, somebody they can mix in on drives. Don't know if that's going to be Josh Kelly or Justin Jackson. It could be Larry Roundtree, the rookie out of Missouri. But Austin Eckler is going to be an extension of the run game out of the backfield. I do have him as an RB1. I think top five might be a little aggressive for people, but the numbers are the numbers. I mean, that's what he's averaged the last two seasons. He did it with Phillip Rivers. I thought it was a great sign when he was healthy that he did it with Justin Herbert as well. You mentioned that you have – Austin Eckler behind Cam Akers. That's interesting. That hurts my ladies, soul. The ladies <laughs> despise Cam Akers. They hate Cam Akers. <laughs> no, they don't. do not think he will be a top 12 fantasy running back this year. Why not? Um, I'll start with this take and then Kate can yeah, finish it I'll off. I'll close it out because I feel like I have even stronger feelings. Yeah, we're than... both. It's just one of those things where we don't hate Cam Akers. Just his price right now is absurd. And I, I don't see him being a top 12 fantasy running back. He's currently going as a running back 11 in ADP. And I, I think like people are going to keep rising that ADP with how much they love him. He's going before Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, AJ Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, all people I would easily draft over him. Last year, he only scored 0.65 fantasy points per touch. 
that was only more than Frank Gore. He only beat out Frank Gore in fantasy points per touch last year among running backs with 150 touches. Like he got so much volume at the end of last year and still wasn't scoring too many fantasy points. He had a game of 22 touches, 16 PPR points. Like you got to do better than that. 31 touches, 21 fantasy points. That's fine. Like that's pretty good, but still on 31 touches. And then he had a 25 touch game, 10 PPR points. It almost seems impossible to do. And is he going to keep getting that same workload of 25 to 30 touches per game? Like, no, he's not going to. They brought in Matthew Stafford for a reason to pass the ball. Like offenses are that are great nowadays. They pass, and they couldn't do that with Jared Goff last year, especially once he broke his thumb. We have yet to see Akers or Henderson play together healthy. We don't know how this is going to play out. Akers will be the lead back for sure, but we just don't know how much Henderson will take, especially near the goal line where Akers really struggled. I feel like he's this year's Josh Jacobs, where he's going to get volume, but he's just going to feel like meh, even though Jacobs still ended as a top-10 guy just because of volume and touchdowns. So he needs to touch them. See, this is where I'm going to cut in because I'm not even con- like that, that convinced that he is going to get the volume that everybody thinks he is. Um, we look at his performance in his rookie season. Uh, he started touching the ball. Uh, he had a couple of games where he was involved, but really started getting more involved week eight. I uh, saw nine carries, one reception uh, going back and looking at that game. He, didn't touch the ball once until Daryl Henderson was injured, left the game with a thigh injury. Daryl Henderson was banged up all of last year. I pulled up the, the injury reports. It's like there's a weekly injury report for Daryl Henderson. Uh, once he finally, uh, you know, started getting involved, uh, it was more of a weekly basis. But Daryl Henderson, he, I think his injuries are being overlooked a bit. Uh, when you look at their workload side by side, season season to season, 2020 to 2020, uh, Daryl Henderson had just seven fewer rushing attempts, one fewer rushing yard, and he was more efficient with his touches, 4.5 yards per attempt, five touchdowns. Cam Akers, he's going to see some volume, but I think people are underestimating Daryl Henderson and uh, his explosive ability. I think he's going to touch the ball. Uh, And I mean, we heard just as much last season from Sean McVay. He said, we want to use a running back by committee. Uh, The only time they didn't really use a running back by committee is when they ran out of running backs to committee. Uh, Ross, I'm going to chime in here and I'm I'm, going to say, I wonder, um, I wonder if uh, fantasy baseball experts back in the 20s, uh, the 1920s uh, said you, you can't draft uh, Lou Gehrig high because Wally Pipp got hurt last year. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's going to hold oh. up here. <laughs> uh, um, I like here's the thing. Look, look at Cam Akers' numbers down the stretch: 23.8 touches and 117 yards from scrimmage from weeks 13 through the playoffs. Both of those numbers would have ranked top five for the full season. Here's a key to me as well, and here's where I think the Matthew Stafford thing does come into play, and I think it actually helps Cam Akers in this regard. He was second to Derrick Henry during that stretch, that seven-week stretch, in rush attempt versus eight-man boxes. I don't think that's going to happen again this year with with Jared Goff out of town and Matthew Stafford in there. Then there was also a quote I I saw from – now look. OTA quotes. Okay, let's let let's take them with a grain of salt. Hashtag OTA quote. Yeah, right. But like Sean McVay said, 
in OTAs, Cam Akers has the ability to line up out wide in the slot. They can get him involved in the passing game. I just think he's a really good player. Uh, and and, and I'm yet going he never to t- saw more than four targets. Yeah, and, I, not- and I think that could go up. You're not worried at all about his fantasy points per touch last year only being better than Frank Gore. Like, he was wildly inefficient with his touches. Yeah, I agree. But I also think, you know, if if you want to fuel to the fire of the running backs don't matter argument, um, is a running back more a product of his offense than he is a product of himself? And this is an offense that that is consistently declined from year to year. And and the, the Rams are telling you they think it's because of Jared Goff. I mean, they traded two first-round picks to get Matthew Stafford. I think the efficiency of that offense is going to go up. And I almost wonder if we could see Cam Akers. I'm not denying that Daryl Henderson is going to be involved. And and by the way, I think Daryl Henderson is a great zero RB target, uh, like independent of Cam Fantastic. Akers. Yeah. In the in the of, I mean, I like I like Cam Akers, but like. Daryl Henderson, somebody you can get in the ninth and tenth round, who if Cam Akers were to get hurt or were to be ineffective, could inherit this role. That's neither here nor there. But my wonder, I wonder if he could be almost an Aaron Jones kind of contributor, where you know that there's going to be somebody else involved in that backfield. It's inevitable. But is is he going to be efficient enough? And I think if you're looking at that stat on his his fantasy points per touch, there is a concern there. But I also think there's reason to believe the Rams think this offense is going to be significantly opened up and significantly upgraded. Ross, you know from talking to me on this podcast that I, I'm aggressively targeting this Rams offense for fantasy this year. And Cam Akers, RB22 from weeks 10 through 17. RB22. Stop that fighting. Hurts. We have other people to talk <laughs> about, okay? Stop fighting and let me make sure everybody knows – any sponsor qualifies you to go against Joe and I in the DraftKings best ball draft. I love me some best ball. We've established that. By the way, you can just go to the DraftKings casino and get that app on your phone. They've got this casino summer legend series, which is amazing. Get a shot at share of $5 million, which is unbelievable. Even uh, on today's Even Money podcast, Steve Fezzik gave out some poker advice. Just download the DraftKings Casino app. I can't even talk today. I know, by the way, that you guys already have the DraftKings app and the DK Sportsbook app. Get the Casino app on your phone. Enter Ross. Get in that Legend Series. All their Legend Series. We're going to do the Legend Series for football. It's unbelievable. They're giving away like a millionaire every week. Only on the DraftKings Casino app. All right. This next one doesn't make sense to me. Okay, Joe? (laughs) Okay. I don't know what side you're going to be on, but okay. I'm anti-Majuk sisters on this one, all right? <gasps> they have Deontay Johnson as a top 12 fantasy Ooh. wide receiver. The guy struggles to catch the football. I'm reading these reports. Oh, but he's catching oh. tennis balls now. He's ca- like He struggles to catch a key ingredient of playing the wide receiver position, and yet you guys think he's a top 12 fantasy wide receiver? I definitely do, especially in specifically in PPR leagues, right? Like, and you can say he struggles to catch, but you know, no one brings it up with DK Metcalf. He had like just as many drops. Like drops aren't that worrisome in fantasy. But uh the like the precluder to those drops, he had a concussion, uh, which you know, we were talking to uh, some of our, our sports physical therapist buddies who are in the fantasy space. Um, and there is a belief among that crowd. Uh, I wish I could shout them all out right now. Uh, but, you know, they've explained that 
you know, the concussion history. Uh, he did have a pretty severe concussion. Uh, like spatial awareness. Spatial messed awareness. Up with spatial awareness, which, uh, you know, could have resulted in the drops. But even if he does have the drops, he's, I'm not yeah. worried about it. You know, last year he dealt with a bunch of injuries, like she said, to start the season. He would start the game and then he would leave, like in the first quarter. So I think fantasy managers either are forgetting that or they're still holding a grudge. But then by like week five, week six, he started to get healthy. And in the 11 games last year that he fully played, Deontay Johnson averaged 12 targets per game and 19 fantasy points per game in those 11 games that he fully played. That's more fantasy points per game than DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley last year, who were both top five fantasy wide receivers last season. That He was six mo- he had the six most targets among wide receivers in the NFL last season. And I, like I just mentioned, he missed a chunk of time. He led the Steelers with 144 targets. He is their top target in the offense, and I don't see that changing. Uh, You know, we keep bringing up this offense last year. It was just disgusting. So you might say, okay, his his targets could decrease because they're not giving as many short targets to him, but he's actually one of the best separators in the NFL, according to Yahoo's Matt Harmon, who does the reception perception. Like, he's a very talented wide receiver. His route running is elite, so he can get open. Uh, intermediate, and I still think he's going to see around 150 targets. He can score touchdowns. Like I, I really like Deontay Johnson next year in PPR League. Joe, they started to not even throw him the ball in certain situations. They couldn't even trust him to catch the ball. I think he's going to be better in that department, Ross. I lean more to your side, and believe me, I had Deontay Johnson on just about every fantasy team last year, and I think he was one of those guys. He had such a weird season. That, like, the people who were, like, all in on Deontay Johnson and the people who were like, whoa, 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 you're pumping him up way too much, both have an argument to say, yeah, I was right. I have him at wide receiver 21 right now, and I think it's fair only because some of the names in front of him I have a hard time ranking behind him. Again, Cooper Cup. How am I? I'm not going to rank him behind Cooper Cup right now with the way I love the Rams offense. Robert Woods. I'm not going to rank him behind Robert Woods. I'm not going to rank him behind Adam Thielen. DJ Moore. It starts to get DJ Moore had a fantastic year last year. I wonder about Sam Darnold there. It's just a matter of of the sheer number of wide receivers available. And I haven't ended up with a whole lot of Deontay Johnson because where he's getting drafted, I'm finding myself drafting Cup or CD Lamb a little bit more than I am on Deontay Johnson. I think he's got a chance to improve a lot this year, but I have found myself gravitating towards somebody who's cheaper, uh, sometimes a round or two cheaper than Deontay Johnson from his own team. Maybe this is a function of best ball, but I've been drafting Chase Claypool a lot, um, going with the cheaper Steelers receiver who I think's got a shot to have some bigger games. I don't dislike Deontay Johnson at all. I think top 12 is very aggressive for him, though. The volume could be there. I I just think this was an offense that was broken last year, and I think they want to ground it, start it with the run game, maybe spread things out down the field a little bit more, like Deontay Johnson. Don't think I can have the confidence to rank him as a top 12 receiver, though I understand the argument. All right. So, Joe, I'm not going to get into the Calvin Ridley one. The ladies think he can be wide receiver one. Uh, that that is doesn't completely valid. That is yeah, completely valid. Joe said last week or two weeks ago, Calvin Ridley to the moon. So, Joe's with you on that one. Preach. It's not that fun yeah. for me when you guys agree. It's way right. more fun. <laughs> When you disagree, and I feel like I'm like a moderator or like arbitrator of a of a fight. So let's get to this one. Jalen Hurts, top five fantasy quarterback. Majuk sisters, go. 
So this one's a lot more mine. I feel bad because uh, I just talked all that time on Deontay Johnson. Uh, so if you want to add anything in, let me know. But Jalen Hurts last year, four starts. That's all we really got from him. And people seem to have just made up their mind that he's going to be a bad quarterback, which is just crazy. But in those four starts, he averaged 23.7 fantasy points per game because it doesn't matter if you're an accurate passer. All that matters is that you can throw deep and you can run the ball. And he's extremely mobile. And those 23.7 fantasy points per game includes that Week 17 game where he got benched because of how atrocious his play was and just how atrocious the whole team's play was. But that points per game was more than the Sean Watson and Russell Wilson on a per game basis last year. Of course, they were a full season, so we'll take that for a grain of with a grain of salt, but reasons why I think he will be better this year. It's like he wasn't an inaccurate passer at Oklahoma in his final season when he had a true wide receiver one. He had CeeDee Lamb, and he fed him just fine. And I think he'll be able to do the same thing with Devonta Smith. I'm actually pretty high in Devonta Smith, even in uh, his rookie season this year for fantasy. But at least now he actually has a true wide receiver one to target. Last year he was targeting, you know, Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward and nobody else. Like all of those Hall of Famers. I don't think people realize just truly how terrible uh, the situation was for the Eagles quarterbacks last year with the pass catchers. And then also that offensive line, like that offensive line hit historical numbers. They had 14 different starting offensive line combos in 2020. That was the most different combos uh, since 1983 Buccaneers. That's how crazy the offensive line was with injuries. Uh, They had six offensive linemen make their first career NFL start. That was the most by any team since 1991. They're going to get back, you know, all pros and pro bowlers. They're getting back Brandon Brooks, who's one of the best guards. They're getting back Lane Johnson. They're getting back uh, Andre Dillard, who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago. And they still have one of the best centers in Jason Kelsey. Like, I think this line's going to be elite. They're going to keep uh, Jalen Hurts not on the ground. You know, like last year was just a disaster. Give him more time to throw. I think overall, and I like the new coaching staff. Nick uh, Sirianni helped Andrew Luck have the best season of his career with the Colts. And then uh, their new offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, uh, he was the offensive coordinator last year for the Chargers, and he certainly made Jalen Justin Herbert pretty awesome in his rookie season. So I'm all in on Jalen Hurts this year. That, That rushing ability alone is just a cheat code, and I think his passing game will be much better. Ross, I, I, you might want me to disagree here. Um, I'm not going to disagree too much, though. I mean, I have Jalen Hurts ranked as QB7 right now. And now nobody in their right mind is going to rank Jalen Hurts above Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Kyler Murray. Okay? Nobody's going to do that. But then you have the next two I have. Dak Prescott coming off a major injury. And Justin Herbert coming off a good rookie season, but he doesn't run as much as Jalen Hurts. Now, certainly, if you're building your franchise right now, you're taking Justin Herbert over Jalen Hurts. That's not what I'm saying, but we're playing a game here. I totally agree. Jalen Hurts, by the way, last year he averaged 25.8 fantasy points per game in games he started and finished. That would be the eighth highest total of all time. Oh, excuse me. The fifth highest total of all time, if if extrapolated for the full season, his 24.8 fantasy points per game in the games he just started minimum, that would be the eighth best all time. Uh, So his fantasy points per start, not including week 17, was second on the season behind Dak Prescott. Now, obviously, that's a small sample size. But when you take into account that he didn't even necessarily – I mean, you can look at the fact and say he played really well 
in maybe one of those four games. He was poor in, in week 17, and he was okay in the other two games. Am I going to take that sample and say, well, obviously that means Jalen Hurts isn't going to be good? No, because the situation was god-awful. You know, they the Eagles had to move on from Carson Wentz, but I don't think anybody, even the most ardent Wentz hater, is going to sit there and say the situation was good for Carson Wentz last year. Peterson completely lost the plot. You know, Hurts was able to do more with his legs, and Frankly, you know, I see the personality of Jalen Hurts and the way guys are rallying around him, and I think that's a good sign for him. I don't even think he's got to be really good as a as a quarterback to pay off for fantasy. They're not going to bench him for Joe Flacco. It's not like they drafted a quarterback in the third round. It would have to be an utter disaster for Jalen Hurts to lose his job this season. So I think you're going to ride it out. The Eagles are going to give him every opportunity to show what he has because if Jalen Hurts comes out and plays well, then the Eagles are as well set up as just about anybody for the future with potential three first-round picks next year. And if he doesn't play well, they can use those three first-round picks to get a, get a quarterback. They're going to give Jalen Hurts every opportunity here. His ability is strong. We know he, he's a different runner than Lamar Jackson. He's a powerful runner, um, much less so than, than the elusive uh, speedster that Lamar Jackson is. So he's going to get production at the goal line. The receivers have improved. I don't see any reason why he couldn't be a top five fantasy quarterback. Now you have that small sample size, I, but we're ranking him based on what he could be. And I think that's a t- totally fair argument to make. Check out that man on social media at FG underscore Dolan, the fantasy gangsta, and go to his site, <laughs> fantasypoints.com. Use the code 21 feast. If you want all the fantasy knowledge you could ever want or need as for the ladies, at Ball Blastem, at FF Ball Blast, and then check out their show handle and their website at Ball Blast FB. Ladies, what, what do people need to know about what you guys have to offer them heading into the season? Yeah, we have just have an awesome team of writers over at ballblastfootball.com. So go check out all of their content. We have betting content, we have dynasty content, redraft, and that will really start um you know, redraft content is going to start flying out starting here in uh, early July. We do have a draft guide coming out. It'll be the first time Ball Blast uh, puts out a draft guide. So look for that in the beginning of August. And then you can find our podcast over, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's called Ball Blast, one word, a fantasy football podcast. Awesome. Ladies, that was terrific. Joe, you're the man. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.